listening to the Woman of Strength podcast for the purpose-driven woman who has a yearning deep in her soul to serve the world. Presented to you by Ange Wilcock, creator of Evolutionary Model of Wellbeing, Mindfulness-Based Storytelling, and The Raw Woman Project. A businesswoman on a mission for every human on the earth to feel enough. Hi and welcome to another episode of Woman of Strength and again I've got another amazing guest. Um, today I'd like to welcome to Sue Berhol. Welcome Sue to Woman of Strength. Thank you and hello audience. Thank you for listening. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Sue before we get into our conversation and um, Sue is an amazing lady. So here we go. Here's something about her. So She's a, a certified holistic life coach and soul therapy practitioner specializing in the law of attraction. And it's her mission to help people regain their personal power and heal from devastating loss and manifest all they want into their life. And Sue brings together physical, mental, emotional and spiritual teachings to help bridge the gap between where you are now and where you want to be. I love that. Um, she believes that sometimes all you need is to begin your to begin your healing process is a gentle nudge in the right direction and a space to be heard. Her unique, easygoing approach and sense of humor helps clients go from feeling stuck and stagnant to feeling full of peace and purpose. And Sue also believes that with the right tools, you will change your thoughts and therefore change your life forever. And how true is that? And that brings me on to um, my first question around where did your journey begin? Because we're all talking about, you know, being a woman of strength and a strong woman. Where did that journey begin for you, Sue? Well, I think when I really started stepping into my power, it was back when I was in the medical field. And I was in there for quite a long time. My last part of it was in working in neurology. And I really saw no one get better. And that was frustrating to me. And it was more of people coming to their doctor to want that little piece of paper, that prescription, just to feel better. And nobody really wanted to find out why they were sick. Mm -hmm. So that was a, a big frustration for me. So I, I just quit my job and I went back to school and I became a holistic um, massage therapist and got a degree in holistic healthcare. And then I started seeing people get better in my massage practice. And then my life blew up in 2014. And that was probably the biggest pivoting moment in my life because everything that I knew was gone, was completely gone. And that's when I had that choice of what I really wanted to do in life. And going through the journey of healing, this is when I realized like we all, we all have this beautiful gift and the courage that we have that we don't even realize that we have inside of us so yeah. I, I, I can elaborate more on that if, if you need me to yeah so so you don't have to go into detail if you don't want to about when life blew up but what when when that did happen to you and you realized everything you needed was inside of you what was the first step 
that you took um, when you when you'd gained that insight? Yeah. Well, I think it's um, you know I'm just starting to share this story, and I think it's important because it it may cast a a large net for for people because it's a it's a devastating problem that happens in the in the world. Yeah. And what happened to me was. Back in 2009, I divorced my husband of 21 years, and I didn't have anything to do with not loving him. I adored him, but he was a very functioning alcoholic, and I didn't want that around my kids. So it was a choice that I had to make of what I wanted and how I wanted to role model being a woman, being a mom for my kids, and it really wasn't about staying together. It was what was best for the kids. And, you know, a lot of people get divorced for the, uh, stay together for the kids. Yeah. I really feel like I got divorced for my kids. I mean, I could have been the modern and, and stuck it through, but I wanted my kids to see a, a healthier relationship. Yeah. Um, so we, we divorced very quickly and remained best friends throughout the whole time. And so we, we got divorced within months. And after 21 years of marriage, he moved out, but didn't take anything. And we kept the house together and we remained best friends. He was over here all the time. And then the last year in 2013, he lived, he moved back in and we, we stayed friends. We didn't, we weren't a couple, but we lived as a family. And in July of 2014, I was woken by the police that they thought, my husband, ex-husband, had taken his life. Gosh. And he did. Um, I had no idea. I had no, no signs that he was going to do that. We had plans for the weekend. Um, but when something like that happens, such, you know, shock. Mm -hmm. But I also had three, three kids that I needed to, at first, all I wanted to do was take their pain away. And what I've learned is I can't do that. This is their journey, just like this was my journey. And what I did was extreme self-care, extreme. And it's so important and so overlooked by so many women. Mm. We always put ourselves last. But I knew at that point that that's what I needed to do to be, to put my oxygen mask on basically. And so I could be there for my kids when they, when they needed me. Um, and that's when I realized that we're, we're so much stronger mm. than, we, than we realize. And that healing and moving from this was a choice. Cause I meet so many people that have survived, that are survivors of the suicide, and they play the victim. Yeah. And, it's, it's, you know, that, that has its purpose right, right after we need to heal and we need to go in and, and look at our wounds. But if we stay there, we're giving our power away. Yeah. And this is where I've come to become a life coach. Of, I've been through stuff. I know, what it, I know what it's like to feel devastated, to live in fear, and to do all these things. Mm. So now it's my time to give back, to, to be that hand in the dark and say, you've got this, and I'll be with you. Yeah, and, that, and that's, yeah, because out of 
all that heartache and devastation that you've experienced like you said there's a strength in there and that other women will be able to connect to and you've been to that place and what what I love um, about purpose-driven women is is that they don't see themselves as victims you know like you said you, you 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 have a path you can you can choose to be the victim which you will to start with because you have to grieve but then you realize that you've got some amazing gifts to offer out of quite a devastating situation and not only doesn't it's not just strength that takes that takes courage where did that that courage come from to be able to to step out of that that victim role, which we all fall into, to in, into that place of power? Um, a couple of different things happened. You know, at first, I, I felt like I needed this big sign above me, fragile. Like, you don't know what I've been through. Yeah. Um, and it's true. Like, you are. You're, you're shattered. And you need to be gentle with yourself. Um, and I still do, I, you know, I still miss him. Um, but there, there is, there's other people in my life that are watching me. I mean, my kids are older, they're in their, their early 20s now, but at the time, you know, they were 18, 20, and, and 22, and they were watching me. Mm. And that, that was my strength, is to be that role model for them, because I just could not shrivel up and die and play the victim because they were watching me. It was so important to me to, to step in and, and be the role model that I've always wanted to be with them. Yeah. Yeah. And so managing that and so did you do your training um, after your, your husband or ex-husband's death or was that prior to his death? Um, well, it's the law of attraction I've been doing for probably eight years or so. Yeah. And I remember one night, um, I was alone. I was alone because our youngest was going off to college. So I had, and I don't know a better word, but I had the luxury of being alone, grieving by myself, which really allowed me to do it the way I needed to. And I didn't have to be monitored or worried that my kids were going to hear me scream or cry or any of that. And, you know, in hindsight, these are, these are the blessings. There's many, many blessings. And that was one of them that I could grieve the way I wanted to. But there was one night in particular that I, knowing the law of attraction and knowing that the energy I put out is going to be matched, it's going to come back to me. I was thinking like, if I don't start shifting in the smallest way, I'm going to stay here. And that was unacceptable to me. I wanted to move past this, not past it, but I wanted to integrate it in my life. Yeah. And the way that I knew best to do this was through gratitude. And I was sitting in bed and honestly, I, I was like, I just need to start writing her gratitude list. And I was just like, but I got nothing. I was really down on myself and down on everything. I got nothing, nothing, you know, my life sucks. And what I realized is like, no, that's not true. I'm sitting in my nice warm house. My tummy's full. I have beautiful children. I have a pen and paper, you know, and, and I went from not having anything to four pages mm. that night. And things started slowly shifting for me. And I did gratitude um, journal for six months straight. Mm. 
And sometimes it was the same thing. Sometimes it was different. But I knew I had to get that vibration of gratitude going. So things that felt like gratitude would come back to me. And that's exactly what happened. Amazing people started showing up or I'd have a, a good day. Um, and just more things to feel wonderful about. It was just taking that first step. And that's, that's what I mean when sometimes you just need that, that little nudge, that little encouragement. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, that practice of gratitude is so, so powerful. And I think that we're, there's so many people out there now realizing the power of it. And I, and I also know, you know, most successful people in the world, it's exactly what they do too. They, they practice always from a place of gratitude. Um, and when we're in business, a lot of the stuff that we use in our personal life that some people out there see as, you know, woo-woo or whatever they want to call it, you will find that if you practice that in your business and you have your routines in place every morning, your business just blossoms because, like you said, a, a, you know, like attracts like. So, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and for something that feels very simple to be grateful of something, look at the power that it had, like four pages, wow, when, you know, before it was very much my life sucks and then you were able to to scribe four pages of things that you felt grateful for. It's pretty amazing. What other great tools do you use in, in your sort of healing process and, and pushing forward into your business? Um, Self-care. I mean, and raising kids, three kids that were, you know, only two years apart, each of them, there wasn't a lot of that. And I honestly thought it was selfish. Yeah. You know, if mom shuts the door to the bathroom and takes a bath, that's selfish because kids were coming in all the time. <laughs> yeah, so many women out there will relate to that. Yeah, absolutely. And boundaries. Like, I have the right to say no. Yeah. That was, I was clueless about all that. And I, I like to call myself a very um, high-functioning, codependent person because it, I didn't have an understanding of what that meant. And if someone had called me codependent back, back in the day, I would like, no, no, you're crazy. Because a codependent to me was, I can't do anything without my partner. And that wasn't the case. Yeah. It was more of, I want to do everything for you and make everything better for you. Yeah. And I just took it all on. Like that was, that was my job. That was my job as a mom to, is to do everything for everybody, whether they asked me or not. And learning the difference of, of wanting to help someone asking if you can help versus just doing, 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 and then getting pissed off because they don't appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then we fall in the matter and it's, and it's yeah. just lose, lose. Yeah. So learning self care and learning boundaries was a huge thing for me and learning to do it in a nice, polite way. But yeah. I don't really owe anybody an explanation of why I do or why I don't do things. And that's uh, that in, in itself is so much power. Mm. And getting past that, um, I love I love talking about that because so many women don't realize, like, you have a right. You have a right to how you're feeling. You can say no, um, and it doesn't make you a bitch. 
No, not a, no, not at all. And and I think that's that's a lot of the problem is that you know us as women we are very much the carers and nurturers and we do a lot of rescuing that we don't realize that we're trying to rescue all the time and then we we're giving out so much and not filling ourselves back up and saying no is a way to you know maintain like you said that that great balance of self-care now for women um who are constantly saying yes 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 and really want to say no what tips would you give them around how do you start to say no? I mean, I've got ways that I do it, but how, you know, because like you were saying, you're always saying yes, but now it's okay for you to say no. What would be the first step in saying no? <laughs> two, two things come to mind. is One, realize that you can. And the other way is to, to rate it on a, a scale of one to ten. One being like, I really don't want to do this. And 10 is like a hell yes, I do want to do this. Yeah. And if, it's, if it's a one, two, three, four, five, don't do it. Yeah. yeah. It's just that simple. Don't do it. And if you feel obligated, just say, well, thanks for the offer. But I refuse, but you know, I, I, it's not what's, it's not something I want to do. And if they have a, they, meaning the person that asked has a problem with it, that really is their problem. Yeah. And, that's a big, you know, hurdle for some of us because we're like, we're, we're thinking we're offending and they're going to be mad at us. Well, if they're mad at us, that's really their problem. Honoring yeah. ourselves, like what feels good. Yeah, absolutely. And because um, one of the techniques that I use and, and say to, to my clients is, you know, they say, oh, yeah, no, I, I could gauge it. Um, and I really don't want to say yes. It's it's something that I always do, especially with children and grown-up children. You know, if you've got teens and the teen wants you to run them around here, there and everywhere, and you always say, oh, yes, but even though you'd rather be soaking in a bath or whatever. So what I say, what I, my piece of advice I give to them is if it's hard to say no to start with, you just say, yes, of course I will take you out to your friends, but I'm going to have a bath first and I won't be ready till 9.30. But if, you know, if that's okay for you, fine. But if not, you're going to have to find your other, you know, another way to get there. And then they find it's a little bit easier than going, no, sorry, I can't take you. And then after a while, because we do, don't we? We teach people how to treat us. And when we realize that um, life changes and we do actually find some power in saying no without feeling disempowered and feeling bad about ourselves. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's even so simple sometimes as emails. Like we feel that pressure to respond on someone else's timeline yeah. and being okay with, with not. Yeah, definitely. Because we live in a society now, don't we, what, with social media and and phones with us all the time that people think that we are available 24 7 and anyway I find that myself I try and switch off I tend to try and find to have an eight to five day and I'll see an email ping come up at like 6 7 30 and I and because we uh, you know when we work internationally we work across so many time zones it's like wow this is my evening but it's someone else's morning and what do I do so it is it is about setting those boundaries both in your personal life um, and your business life. So, yeah, thank you for reminding us of that because sometimes we, we do forget it and, and it's key. It's key for, like you said, for our self-care um, and for our success in both life and business. 
Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your business and what you do. I'm really interested. Well, um, so holistic to me means, means uh, just like it did in the medical field, we, I try to figure out why. Like, why is this happening? Why are you giving your, your power away? Versus of like, well, here's some ticks, trips, you know, ticks, trips, no, tricks and tips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to fix it, but let's look at why you're doing it because that's where the lasting change is going to happen. Yeah. And, and it's, sometimes it's just as simple as even looking back into your childhood. I mean, I don't try to go back there because that's more of a, a therapist role of digging that stuff up and like well you married your dad or whatever that kind of stuff but it's it's helpful to have that awareness yeah like oh yeah i'm acting just like my mom yeah and (laughs) right sometimes i open my mom and my mom my mouth and my mom comes out (laughs) yeah yeah i know and you hear it don't you just hear it and you go oh my goodness that sounds just like my mom or that's what my mom would have said to me yeah Yeah. absolutely so when you set your business up can you tell um our beautiful women what were some of the challenges that you encountered because we know that when we're really passionate about something that we do we really want to just go out there and do it and, and help people but we also know that there's also challenges along the way because there'll be lots of things that we encounter that we haven't had to do before. So what were some of your challenges that you encountered? Uh, one of the biggest ones I had was boundaries. I have an online calendar. Yeah. And, you know, it was open seven days a week because I wanted to serve and be available all the time to everyone. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then I would get someone book in at, on a Saturday night and then I'd be a little mad, but not mad at them, mad at me because I couldn't have the boundaries in place of like, this is when I work and I hope that you can fix something, you know, get something within that schedule. And if it doesn't, I'm not, uh, you know, I would love to just talk to and see what we can work out for a different schedule. But getting um, the boundaries in place as far as when I work, when I don't work, because we can work all the time. Yes. And we get burnt out and we get resentful at the business. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like I said earlier, when we're working internationally as well, we, we've, we've got to deal with different timelines, haven't we, you know, or time zones rather. So, um, yeah, that, that can be a challenge in itself. But uh, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, Definitely. I have a client over in, in, um, in England and it's the same thing. It's, you know, we've, we've got this time difference um, and it's being flexible. So having boundaries, but being flexible, but still honoring what feels good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I get that because I live in New Zealand and I've got English, you know, clients in the UK too. And it's a 12-hour difference. So if it's 5 p.m. for me, which is the end of my day, it's only 5 a.m. for them. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like I, have to, I have to say, okay, so, you know, one day a week I have to work till 8 p.m., which means that I start at, you know, 11 or something like that, 11 a.m. in the morning. And it is trying to accommodate that. And, and like you, I fell into that trap of I can be everything to everyone. I can do it eight to five. And, and then if someone wants the evening 
um, session, I can do that. If someone wants an early morning session, I can do that too. But you learn very, very quickly that uh, you can't. You know, your body will tell you quite quickly that it's not okay. So, and that brings me on nicely to, you know, going through what you've been through and having that good insight around life is a journey, life is, is a learning process. Has that affected your physical health in any way? I hear a lot of women who will talk about, you know, before they really stepped into that, that power of themselves, that they'd had a lot of physical um, illnesses or, or problems. Has that affected you in any way? Well, um, before he died, I was working as a massage therapist and I felt my shoulder stiffening up, but I completely ignored it because it was just like, well, I just got to keep working through it, you know, just yeah. can't let that stop me. And the shock of his death, my shoulder completely froze. Wow. And metaphysically, that means, if you believe in that stuff, but metaphysically, yeah. the weight of the world was on my shoulders. Yeah. And that's what it, that's what it felt like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It, was, it was a real condition that I had for eight months going to PT three times a week to work. But I also realized there was a lot of grief in my shoulder and just everything, just that big heaviness of it so it wasn't just getting manipulated and doing the physical therapy it was releasing like really understanding like this is um grief and this is guilt this is all these different emotions that i needed to release and i would just say prayers i would do um i would write and just release these emotions that were that were stuck in my, yeah. in my body. And throughout my whole life since I was a child, I've had a thyroid problem. Mm. And when you look at the chakras, you know, that's the thyroid area. Yeah. And I never spoke up for myself. Yeah. Yeah. And now being more on the um, naturopath journey and eating organic and doing all these things that I didn't do before, my thyroid is actually, the medication that I'm on is actually going down because I'm healing this yeah, and I'm speaking my truth. Yeah. So there's a lot of correlation between what we manifest in our body with what's going on in our lives. Absolutely. I, I agree 100%. That's how I live my life. And it's interesting when you talk, you know, about your frozen shoulder that happened to me as well two years ago. And I had to look at what was it that I was carrying, you know, from the medical profession, it was about, oh, you need to have an operation, you need this and you need that and it'll never heal. And it'll only, you'll only ever get back 90% of movement. And it was like, no, I, I, that's not what it's about. Is there something that I'm holding on to? And, um, and I healed myself through acupuncture, um, through release, you know, law of attraction, through meditation and, um, and other things. And my shoulder was back 100% within less than six months. But if I listened to the medical profession and not listened to this that was going on in here because this is connected to this and, yeah. And, and I've got some wonderful books. I don't know what, what you sort of look at, but... Um, I love the one. In fact, it's, it's always on my desk. Um, I don't know if you know this one, that the body is the barometer of the soul. 
No, I don't oh, know that It's one. an amazing, amazing book. And so whenever I've got anything going on in my body, I know that it's, you know, it's my soul talking to me because my, my head is dismissing it. And so the last place that, that speaks to me is my physical body. Um, yeah, and it's amazing. And I'm very much like I said to you before, I've got this husky throat and cough and um, a lot of that, you know, the coughing is not getting up what I want to say. And so, um, and I get that because there's always some fear around everything that we do when we step up in life and step up in, in our business, whatever it might look like, there's always going to be some fear attached to that. And so, um, yeah, something comes up and, uh, and I, I just love it. And I love the fact that, um, that you've done that too and you know you've gone through a, a lot of trauma and and your family have but but you can see all the blessings and the learnings in it and um and when we transfer that knowledge and skills and ability into our business and work with our clients around that stuff i mean it's it's so beautiful it is that like you said the holistic approach mm -hmm. so if you were to leave one little nugget for amazing women out there who are either got their business already or are thinking about stepping into something that they love to do that's always been their calling but have been too scared to do it what one little nugget of advice would you give them hmm. well to question their why what's yeah. the what's the real reason that you want to do it um because that's the driving force of, of why we want to do it. Mine is being, well, two reasons. Mine is to be a powerful role model for my, my children. Yeah. And the other is, is that so many of us, we make up these stories. Um, well, what I really, what I say to some of my clients is that the day that we were born, we were given this beautiful white empty book and everybody has been writing in it since the day we were born. Our parents, yeah. our teachers, our friends. And it turns out the story is bogus. Like, we're living it according to this, where we can just rip it up and start over. Yeah. So that's basically what I did, is ripped up that book, wrote it over, and got really clear on why I want to serve. And, and that's really it. I see people believe so many stories um, they can't do it or but they're not they're not true they're not their story mm. write your own and, yeah because yeah. you're the role of it and make yourself the star yeah absolutely and if we don't like a chapter isn't it it's like we'll close it end that one open a new one start a new yeah, one. yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. oh that's brilliant thank you and so where can our beautiful ladies get in contact with you if they wanted you know, if they really resonate with what you're saying and what you're doing, how, how can they get in contact with you and work with you? Well, the best pro the way is probably to go to my website, and it's superhocoach.com. And on there, I have a, a free gift of a three-day e-series about the law of attraction. Great. And they can, they can learn about that if they don't know and how to really start manifesting, getting really clear on what you want and how to manifest it. And I also offer a two-hour call, like just to talk, just to get to know each other. Um, and I love, and I love doing that, just, um, just to connect. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. It's just 
just reaching out and, and connecting with another human. That's fantastic. So, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. So, ladies out there, if you're listening and you really want to understand, you know, the law of attraction, then um, go, to, go to Sue's website. So it's superhercoach.com. Is that correct? Yeah. And you'll be able to find all the resources that you need there. And, and, and I'm sure that there'll be many that would want, you know, would love to have a, a two-hour call with you. So, um, again, that's, that's how you can connect with Sue. So I'd just like to thank you so, so much for sharing your story and, and the courage and standing in your power of, of being a woman and obviously this beautiful, beautiful role model for your children. So, yeah, thank you so much, Sue, for your time. You're welcome. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Women of Strength podcast. Please feel free to share the word with the women of strength in your life. For more information, go to angewilcock.com slash enough said.